it is literally impossible to say, okay, everybody, we figured out the diet. If everybody eats these vegetables or these meats or these combinations of foods, you'll have the perfect microbiome. That is never, ever going to happen. Welcome to the JJ Virgin Lifestyle Show with celebrity nutrition expert, fitness hall of famer, and four-time New York Times best-selling author, JJ Virgin. JJ is a warrior mom whose knowledge and expertise have helped change hundreds of thousands of lives with over 3.5 million podcast downloads and appearances on Dr. Phil, Dr. Ross, The Today Show, Rachel Ray, Larry King Live. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This show is about you, not about me. I want to help you find practical, real-world ways to dial in your health and mindset so you can finally lose that weight and feel strong and energized. Stop settling for less than your personal best. It's time to find out how to look and feel better than ever, and I'll be right here with you the whole way. All right, if you have suffered from heartburn, bloating. You're going, what the heck should I be eating? Should I go low FODMAP? Should I do elimination? I've got an amazing guest today, and we are going to be talking about how to optimize your gut health, wellness, and longevity. And I literally have someone writing the textbook on integrative gastroenterology. Like, how cool is that? Let me talk to you about my new friend, Dr. Marvin Singh. So Marvin practices as an integrative gastroenterologist in San Diego. Turns out he literally lived down the street from me. Um, I just moved to Tampa, as many of you know. He's a diplomat of the American Board of Integrative Medicine, board certified internist and gastroenterologist, and trained by Dr. Andrew Weil. And he is also a voluntary assistant clinical professor at UCSD, And prior to that, he was an assistant professor at UCLA, go Bruins, raw, uh, my home, my alma mater, and an assistant professor at John Hopkins. He is the co-editor of the textbook of Integrative Gastroenterology, second edition, and he is also a distinguished speaker with the uh, American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, A4M, and a bunch of other cool places. So I was like going, oh my gosh, literally getting the guy who's writing the textbook on this. It is super cool. And uh, I am very excited to share him with you. Now, before I do that, though, I also want to do a shout out to Trevor Hotlanta too. <laughs> she left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts saying, super informative show. I love the show. Great topics, easy to listen to, and just plain good content. Of course, today will be um, no different. And uh, Again, I'm super excited to share Dr. Marvin Singh with you. But before I do, I want to share one other cool thing with you. Dr. Marvin Singh, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you with me. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, I was excited because you reached out and I'm like, this this guy is... um, a badass. I'm saying it. I never say any swear words, but I couldn't think of a, a better thing. I'm like rock star badass. He is, and I love anything to do with with GI stuff. So I was like, yes. Where have you been hiding? <laughs> so I'd love to know, since I don't really know much about you besides all of your massive credentials, which everyone now is filled in on. Um, 
So how did you get into all this? Well, you know, uh, it's funny because I was trained very conventionally, just like any other doctor, regular uh, medical school, residency, fellowship. And as I kind of went through my career early on, I kind of felt like something was missing, you know, like we were helping a lot of people and people are in life-threatening situations. We can save their life. But there was kind of like a, a disconnect. It was felt like, you know, people just kept coming and going, but we weren't really helping them getting at the kind of root cause of where some of their problems are coming from. And then I discovered uh, integrative medicine. It was actually my wife. So thanks to my wife, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was introduced to uh, a textbook uh, uh, called Integrative Gastroenterology. And it's funny because uh, I'm actually now the uh, going to be one of the, I'm one of the editors of the second edition of the book that actually introduced me to the whole field in the first place. And I was fat. Oh, isn't that yeah, cool? it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I became very interested. I was like, you know, this is some very interesting data. They're presenting evidence-based medicine and uh, you know, this, this kind of stuff could help people. And then I looked into where I could get some more education on this. And I enrolled in Andrew Weil's uh, fellowship in integrative medicine at the University of Arizona. And from that moment forward, my whole life changed. I mean, it was like uh, I had a huge breath of fresh air kind of blown into my body. I myself personally started using some of these lifestyle modifications. And in three months, I lost 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, like when something like that happens, it's like you all of a sudden you're even more of a believer because you, not only are you reading it, you're seeing the science, but you apply it to your own life and you see that it actually does work. So it's just kind of like, you know, just kind of ignited a wildfire inside of me. Now, what about your other doctor friends around you? Did they think you're crazy? Did you like <laughs> get them? <laughs> did you get them switched over? Like what happened over there? Well, uh, uh, that, you know, there are people that, uh, believe that, you know, these things uh, are real and work. And then there are always your, you know, skeptical people. And I was working in, you know, uh, one of my hospitals, I won't name the hospital, but, uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, senior guys in the hospital says, Hey, you know, you got to kind of, uh, explain to us why you're going to be allowed to do this training in integrative medicine and talk to patients about it. And I was just kind of like, what are you? Wow. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, everybody should be doing this, you know. And so, you know, I I prepared, you know, uh, a nice response letter with uh, attached like articles, peer reviewed articles, and abstracts, and I sent this whole package and uh, zero response. They didn't bother me at all after that. Wow. <laughs> Wow. But they also, I mean, I would have hoped that some of them get on the bus because if you think of like, first of all, what an exciting time to be a gastroenterologist, yeah. like the coolest stuff coming out about gut microbiome. I mean, it is like such a great time, but it's also when you look at that field, like so many people come in with symptoms of, of different GI issues and medications are given and they have horrible side effects and they don't ever, like it is the absolute of any of the areas, boy, this is certainly one that you need to address in this way. So, yeah, you know. And, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's awesome because there's so much stuff about the gut microbiome affecting 
it, like any kind of medical condition. So it's, it's like kind of bringing it back to the real reason why, you know, we become doctors in the first place. And it, you know, I think in modern times we kind of get lost in that. Like I'm a surgeon, I only cut people open. I'm a, I'm a neurologist. I only deal with the brain, but it, what's the coolest part about being a gastroenterologist is I, I, I can take care of uh, the whole body because the microbiome is associated with inflammatory diseases, cancers, brain health, heart health, every, everything, really. So someone walking into your office, can you like, what's your first approach with them? And can you do, you know, this all naturally? We can do our best. You know, it, it really depends on what situation the person is in. So, you know, sometimes people come to me and they have uh, metastatic pancreatic cancer, actually, you know, just pretty recently. And uh, it's kind of hard to take a natural approach in that situation because the cat's already out of the bag and the, the, the trigger's been pulled on the cancer and it's already spread through the whole body. But that doesn't mean that there is no hope for anything because you can still, you know, modify lifestyle parameters and try to optimize your situation so that you, uh, you know, uh, feel better, have more energy, maybe minimize some side effects or, you know, in a better place mentally. And, and those things are very important as well, as far as your quality of life and survival and things like that, because the, the whole body is very intricately tied to each other. I would never pretend to be able to uh, reverse a, you know, a metastatic end stage process, for example. But there's a lot of uh, cases outside of that where we can certainly take a natural approach. And uh, I tell people, you know, what's funny is uh, in, in medical practices, we often have uh, pharmaceutical reps come, you know, visit the office and bring samples. And we need all that because it's good to give people samples of stuff. But they always ask me, um, are you using our drug? You know, and uh, I kind of, it's like a kind of standard line. I chuckle and I say, not, not really. <laughs> because not I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't prescribe much really uh, unless I have to. Yeah. Um, and I, I have, uh, you know, my, you know, little toolbox of herbs and supplements and things that I can use instead. Um, and I, it does very well. I mean, heartburn, SIBO, yeah, bloating. I was just ask you yeah. about some of those. Let's start like yeah. breaking down some of them because again, heartburn, like yeah. this is one that just kills me because you get people who've been on these chronic acid blockers, not realizing mm -hmm. what that can do to you in terms of even things like bone density. Right. So yeah. let's, let's tackle heartburn because it's so common. Yeah. Heartburn, you know, uh, is so common. And now we have these medicines called proton pump inhibitors or PPIs that are available over the counter. You don't even need a, a doctor's prescription for them anymore. And, uh, you know, some might look at that as convenient and easy, but that's actually probably not a good thing because people just pop them like no tomorrow without thinking about it. Yeah. And what and do they a, do? What are some yeah. of the side effects? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, B12 deficiency, magnesium deficiency, osteoporosis, which means, you know, weakening of your bones. Um, uh, and, uh, one of the other important things to think about is imbalance of the gut microbiome. The microbiome is the trillions of bacteria and other microorganisms that live inside of our digestive tract. And they are really the ones that are responsible for, 
you know, modulating our whole health and, and how we interact with our environment and the rest of our body. And when you reduce the acid in your stomach uh, significantly by taking these medications, what you're doing is kind of uh, changing the, you know, protective uh, mechanism in the stomach, which is acid for bacteria and other things that shouldn't be getting down downstream to get downstream. And that includes maybe bacteria on foods that you're eating. It could include, you know, bacteria in your mouth uh, from your teeth and your gums that get down into the microbiome, uh, you know, in the lower intestine. And uh, it's actually very fascinating because when we're <laughs> looking at people's microbiome, we're seeing oral bacteria in the gut. And, you know, there's literature showing that uh, this, these uh, oral bacteria can actually predispose you to autoimmune disease. Mm. So, you know, everything is uh, tied to each other. Yes, you know, taking that PPI might have helped you, you know, uh, have an extra drink or eat some cake at a party, but you shouldn't be doing those things in the first place. (laughs) And you added that on top of a PPI. So now it's kind of like you got a double, triple whammy and you have uh, oral bacteria kind of migrating down to your lower intestine and that can chronically over time, not, not like you just take one pill, you're, you know, you're doomed, but, you know, chronically over time, this is what causes this thing we call dysbiosis or an imbalance in the gut microbiome. All right. So someone has this, what Mm -hmm. should they do? So I often try to put them on more natural things like DGL. That's one of my most favorite uh, herbs. It works very well. DGL stands for deglycerisinated licorice. And uh, I use that uh, in addition to things like ginger or slippery elm. They, uh, they, they generally, you know, most of the time that's kind of good enough. Uh, one of the more important things also is to talk about, you know, lifestyle things, what's going on in your life, how much stress you're under, what kind of food you're eating, you know, what are your eating habits, those things alone may actually be enough not to even need uh, uh, heartburn medication, mm-hmm. even herbs. Um, you know, a lot of people eat before they go to bed and, uh, you know, they fill the stomach up and then they lie down and they have heartburn at night and they can't go to sleep. Um, Hopefully and, no one uh, listening does that anymore because we have like, yeah. <laughs> like one of the <laughs> simplest things you can do. And I always say, Marvin, like it would be perfect. What houses should have is a like the way to lock down your kitchen after dinner so that you just cannot like like with an armed (laughs) guard alarm system, the whole bit like security cameras, you cannot get yourself in there because shutting it down three to four hours before bed, one of the single and not going to bed later either. They all know that. Yeah. You know, know, it's funny. We we talk about all these things individually for certain uh, uh, problems or conditions like heartburn, but these same themes keep coming up over and over again. For, for everything. We know that, you know, when, when you're not sleeping right, your microbiome gets off because changes in circadian rhythms can uh, alter your microbiome. We know that intermittent fasting is uh, good for our metabolic health and can help reduce inflammation and help with uh, weight loss and your metabolism and blood sugar levels. And these are the same kind of themes we're talking about here for heartburn. Um, 
you know, uh, don't eat before you go to bed. We shouldn't be doing yeah. that anyways, because we don't want to <laughs> fill the tank before we lie down. Otherwise, it's going to spill. I just read the craziest <laughs> thing, and I thought, am I, like, living in an alternate universe? They did a um, <laughs> blog, and they asked, top nutritionists respond to, what should you have as your snack before bed? And I'm like, I can't believe this is, I, you know, are you kidding me? You Water. know, and I'm like, and I'm reading these recommendations of these snacks before bed. And, and someone was like, yeah, I, I have some, it was like some yogurt and fruit before bed. So I have lots of energy. And I'm like, what, mm. what? you know, lots of energy for what you're sleeping, like you're supposed to be feeling, <laughs> yeah. you know, craziness <laughs> that's out there still that we should have like this evening snack. So we've, uh, we, yeah. but it is interesting. I would put people on the virgin diet. And, you know, we were doing it when I initially started really bringing it out to the world was being used for weight loss, you know, which was like this novel thing that elimination diet could help with weight loss. But the other symptom, the side effect, I always love that when you use diet and supplements, you tend to have side benefits. But the side benefit was all of a sudden I was hearing, oh, I don't have heartburn anymore. So it is crazy that when you can look at things like stress and when you eat and um, what you're eating, you can start to shift these things. And let's, like you mentioned SIBO. So let's, let's dive into that one too. What uh-huh. are you seeing with that? And how are you working through that? That's a big topic. And uh, I would say a majority of my practice is now uh, a lot of patients who have the same kind of symptoms. And I think SIBO is kind of like an a- epidemic problem. And why do you think so? Like, uh, based on at, on least, at least at least my clinical experience, I think you know uh, it has to do a lot with food choices um, and lifestyle choices that we make. Uh, you know, on a day to day basis, particularly in this country, you know, where fast food and you know quick uh, quick easy uh, answers or alternatives are you know, preferable because everybody's on the go. I think, you know, alcohol definitely plays a role. I think stress is a huge thing and lack of sleep there. These are the mm-hmm. same themes coming back again. And and why why that affects SIBO is you think about what SIBO actually is. SIBO means small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And uh, we have bacteria in our small bowel. We have bacteria throughout our whole GI tract. Not as much as in the colon, but you know, they're there. And so what, what are some things that could predispose, uh, you to have more bacteria in your small bowel than you would ordinarily expect, you know, uh, are things like slower motility, meaning the, uh, small bowel doesn't squeeze as well as it should. And things remain stagnant, uh, in the small bowel, and then they can overgrow, uh, percolate, uh, with more bacteria growth. And as those bacteria are growing in higher populations, they tend to cause more of this bloating and gas discomfort because they're fermenting the foods that are coming down from the stomach that you're eating. And uh, I always remind people that your human cells aren't making the gas. The bacteria are making the gas. Human cells don't make gas. So... uh, it's things like stress uh, and food choices that actually can slow down the motility of the gut. So it's all kind of related to each other. If you're under a lot of stress, for example, the bowel's not going to squeeze as it should because uh, signals are going to your gut that um, there's some danger, there's something bad going on. So 
blood is going to shunt away from the digestive tract and go to other parts of your body, like your brain and your extremities, because your body is just preparing to do something. Even if there's really nothing to do, your body doesn't know all that. And so the, the gut slows down and, uh, then what happens? Then you get this stasis of contents and, uh, bacterial overgrowth. And it's very common, you know, and a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of people take pain medications as well. You know, you, um, uh, you know, hurt your arm or your back and you start taking opiate, uh, pain medications. And that also slows down the, uh, the motility of the digestive tract. So So what does someone do about it? So, you know, one of the first things to do is look at the diet. I mean, I've seen so many people that uh, can actually get rid of their symptoms by, you know, eating like a low FODMAP diet and uh, looking at how they're, uh, you know, managing their lifestyle and their stress. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit harder uh, than, uh, you know, simply just doing lifestyle measures. In the conventional world, we uh, usually recommend uh, antibiotics. So depending on if there's a hydrogen uh, excess or a methane excess or a hydrogen and methane excess. But in my practice, I often use herbs uh, as an alternative. Um, the downside is that the herbs are about a month-long treatment versus antibiotics, which are two weeks. But, you know, uh, the upside is that they're herbs. And herbs are kind of like antibiotics too, but they're much more gentler on the system because well, they're yeah, more natural. Well, yeah, because you did the antibiotics, and, which I understand yeah. sometimes is just, you know, nothing else is working. But then you're going to yeah, have to it, come back afterwards and yeah. rebuild the whole Rebuild. Yeah. I think I, I still talk to people about rebuilding, whether it's antibiotics or herbs, but it's kind of like a, a, what kind of rebuild it's like antibiotics are kind of like the <laughs> atomic bomb just got dropped. So, you know, you're, you have a, you have a big repair to do afterwards and that's okay. Cause you know, people shouldn't feel bad if that's their, you know, last alternative and they had to do it to feel better. Um, uh, because I've seen people who were very headstrong on, wanting to do natural therapies and they didn't work and they ended up taking the antibiotic and, you know, they were real nervous about it. And we worked real hard at kind of getting the microbiome back to balance and they they're doing very well. Um, uh, but you know, if we can try to use herbs, uh, uh, that's usually their preference and people do very well. Um, you know, with the particular combination, there's actually published literature on herbs versus antibiotics in SIBO. 2014 study that was published uh, compared a couple of different herbal regimens against antibiotics and found them to be equivalent. Mm, so wow. from my perspective, I see no reason, I find no reason whatsoever not to use herbs if, as long as there's no contraindication or something. And which are the top so, herbs you're seeing to, that do the best? So I use the, um, uh, the regimen that was outlined in the study. And, uh, they used a couple of different, uh, proprietary formulas from a couple of different companies. The one that I find, uh, that's the most responsive, uh, is uh, candy backed in AR and candy backed in BR. So I use those sometimes in combination with allicillin, depending, you know, if there's methane and sometimes we use other kind of herbs to support symptoms and digest it, digestion, like enzymes and things like that. But uh, those are kind of like the core parts of the herbal treatment. It works so very well. So let's dive in kind of as a wrap up because uh, I think the biggest question people always want to know is, well, what should I eat? And, uh, and mm-hmm. I think it goes past, <laughs> uh, and I'm excited about this because for years it was like, what? And I think it's what, when, 
how there's so much more to it. It's not just what you're eating, but it's definitely when you're eating. As we already talked about, there's a big difference between eating something at noon uh-huh. versus eating something at midnight. Um, in fact, I have I have one client and she's exactly. like, been struggling, struggling, struggling. I go, well, you know, you stay up too late at night. You eat it late at night. Like, like I until you stop doing that, nothing's going to move, babe. <laughs> and she's like, ah, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your take on what someone, especially in the view of like it, creating that great balanced microbiome, um, you know, reducing inflammation, what are your recommendations around diet? So I guess my philosophy is a little unique, uh, compared to what a lot of other people, uh, say and think, um, you know, each one of us as human beings, our microbiomes are only 10 to 20% similar. Genetically by DNA, we're very, very similar to each other, but our microbiomes, they're 10 to 20% similar. So it is literally impossible to say, okay, everybody, we figured out the diet. If everybody eats these vegetables or these meats or these combinations of foods, you'll have the perfect microbiome. That is never, ever going to happen. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, what kind of hits this, the nail on the head is a study that just came out, I think like a few weeks ago, less than a month ago. And they took people's, uh, it, it was a small study, you know, they looked at 17 people, but, uh, or, uh, you know, and they, they sequenced their microbiome every day during this study period. And what they found was that when people ate the same exact foods, they had different changes to their microbiome. So for example, like if I ate broccoli and you ate broccoli, uh, we may know that broccoli has, you know, calcium or vitamin C and, you know, and these nutrients are good for us. You know, there are some things, some nutrients that we know universally are good for our whole health. But in my microbiome, broccoli might make five changes. To five, diff- for, to five bacteria. In your microbiome, broccoli might make two changes to another uh, set of bacteria that aren't the same bacteria that changed in my microbiome. And maybe that's a good thing or maybe that's a bad thing. We don't even know. So what I try to tell people is to not get hung up on the, you know, the, the fad diets, the things that are, you know, uh, sounding very popular because everybody's got a story. You know, you can have people on complete opposite spectrums that are talking about how this diet or that diet kind of reversed their autoimmune disease and made their skin look better. And now they feel younger and healthier. The important thing is to try to understand what's going on in your body and what your genetic makeup is, what your microbiome is looking like, how imbalanced is it really, and try to figure out what way to eat that is best for well, how you. The heck so this does is the one personalized do this? diet. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I love doing. This is what I do. So, you know, uh, I, what I do is I'll, you know, I do, uh, I use some of the most cutting edge tests and I look at, you know, what the microbiome composition is. I'll do uh, genome testing. I'll look at the nutritional genetics or we'll look at whole genome um, we'll look at, um, I'm starting to do, uh, epigenetic testing actually, um, which is actually a brand new, uh, uh, awesome test. Um, we look at food sensitivities, we look at chemical exposures, we look at 
all kinds of things. And then I sit down and synthesize all that information. And I literally create a blueprint for somebody. So like, I'll, I'll take all that information and I'll basically make them like a, a user's guide to their body. And then I guide them through the process, you know, it may not be perfect the first time, but we'll learn, we'll adjust and we'll move on. And then we'll recheck, retest and see how things go. I mean, to me, that is really, if you really want to optimize your health, your wellness, your longevity, your symptoms, you kind of really got to know about what's going on inside. Otherwise, you're just kind of guessing. So a lot of people that say, you know, I had all these problems and I was a vegan and I became a vegan and now everything is gone. On the other end of the spectrum, you'll have the same people saying mm -hmm. that about a carnivore diet. I had all these problems and I was a vegan and now I became a carnivore, which is complete opposite of that. And all my problems got reversed. What I feel philosophically, I guess, is there's, there's no studies on this yet, is that what people are doing are they're kind of hacking their bodies in a way uh, uh, without using these kind of tests. They're learning from their experiences and perhaps shifting their metabolism and the way their body works uh, in the direction that seems to work better for them. And these are extreme elimination mm -hmm. diets, basically, on both ends of the spectrum. And then you have people saying the same thing about stuff in between. So people pocket into different categories based on their experiences. But at the end of the day, you really, really don't know what's happening inside. You may feel that you lost some weight, but you know if that weight loss is going to be sustainable or is that just, you know, you went keto for a couple of months and you lost 20 pounds and you feel great. But how are you going to be in 20 years? You know, can you be keto for 20 years? Is that sustainable? So the only way to really know how you should eat and how you should live is to really understand what's going on inside of your body, because that's the only way that you can be flexible and sustainable. Human beings aren't, you know, stone rocks that, you know, it's going to be this way and it's going to look like this forever. Your environment changes, stressors change you know, exposures change. There could be a fire in San Diego, <laughs> a knock on wood tomorrow, and all our microbiomes might change because we inhale the smoke. And maybe I was healthy being a vegan yesterday, but today I can't eat any vegetables. You know, things are different. Things change. The human body was meant to be flexible and adaptable. That's why we've made it so many centuries as a species. And so in order to really kind of know how you want to eat in the long run, I feel you have to kind of know what's going and on inside. So much sense. Look well, I, I love that. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of if, if I do write one more diet book, the the diet book will be that uh, <laughs> we should use diets therapeutically to learn something about ourselves and to make some shifts and pull that yeah. information that's working into our everyday way we eat, which needs to be a different word than diet. And uh, that, I, right. Yeah. I don't well, like the word diet, but diet's just a word in English that we use because that's what people understand. But I call it a, you I, know, I've been an, trying an to figure this one style. out, Marvin, if you figured out, but yeah. literally, cause I think that we use diet as a thing and I'm like, well, there's a very big difference between using yeah. something short term. Like let's say you did keto short term or you did, you know, you, you yeah. went plant-based for a little while. You do these things short term and you go, huh, what's going on here? How is yeah. this working or not working for me? And yeah. then you pull stuff into, I, we just need that other word for like how we eat that thing that I was like, I keep asking yeah. everywhere. And every time I'm speaking, I'm like, anyone got the word, <laughs> And it's, but haven't come up with it yet. So yeah. I'm going to throw that over to you and see if you can come up with it too. Now, 
I know you have a yeah. great gift for everybody. It's your four-week gut reset ebook. So super excited about that. And you're going to be able to get that at jjvirgin.com forward slash Dr. Marvin. And tell me a little bit about what they're going to get in there. So that's kind of like a good starter guide or a primer to kind of understand some of the themes of eating that uh, we were just talking about. I talk about how we can use certain uh, components of eating or nutrition, such as a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting to kind of kind of get the ball rolling and uh, give a little bit of a breakdown as far as, you know, what are the uh, things in your life, uh, how to get your pantry ready you know, how to, what kind of herbs and supplements might be supportive, what kind of, you know, lifestyle measures might kind of get you through the beginning part. Because no matter if you're on a quote unquote diet or an eating lifestyle, there is a beginning to it if you're not doing anything right now. And that beginning can be more of the therapeutic style of eating. But ultimately, that's not going to be what you do for, you know, 100 years, because we're not, uh, we, we want to make sure that we are eating and allowing ourselves to eat and live in a flexible and sustainable way. Because otherwise, you know, uh, it's just not going to work. You'll lose the weight and you'll gain it right back. You want to be able to lose the weight and keep it off and know what to do if you kind of get off track, because everybody's going to get off track. You want to go on vacation to Hawaii and uh, have a good time and not be so uptight about stuff. But that's okay. Live your life because that's part of living long too, is enjoying your time with family and friends and having a good time. That's good for your microbiome too. We <laughs> actually have studies on that. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, when you come back, get back on track, you know, we want to be flexible and sustainable. We don't want to beat ourselves up over making a mistake or having a cupcake on our birthday. You know, you got to live your life, but just don't eat cupcakes well, every day. When you, you know, only eat cupcakes kind of on your birthday, or we just had a we had a big uh, Palm <laughs> Springs getaway with a bunch of women, and we had rosé. I was like, going here we are. We're getting IVs in a movie theater, watching chick flicks, having rosé all day, and eating gluten free cupcakes. And I was like, <laughs> but you know what? It's like, it was kind of, it was fun for a little while. And then you're like, ugh, give me some broccoli. So, you know, that's the other good news is that like, you know, we don't even really want that stuff. So, you know, I love everything you've said. This is fantastic information. It's, and it's doable. And I love that you've ended with that. Hey, you know, you're going to go on vacation or have your birthday and it's fine. It's, that's not what's going to determine your long-term health. It's what you do on the, you know, consistent basis. Yeah. It's the long game. We're playing the long game here. You know, you know, you may have a wedding to go to and you may need to lose 10 pounds to fit in that dress and that's okay. But remember, there's a long game because you're living your life. You're not living the, the 30 exactly. days you're and eating that's a diet that's why for. when I hear diets don't work, I go, yes, they do. We're just using them wrong. You're using, you know, use something short term and yeah. see what works in it for you. And none of it may work. You know, some of these things like, you know, super yeah. plant-based raw foods diet would not work for me. I can tell you, I would be like, you know, <laughs> I would clear the room. Mm -hmm. So, all right, enough said on that. So <laughs> again, I want to remind everybody, jjvirgin.com forward slash Dr. Marvin, you'll be able to grab that ebook, The Four Week Gut Reset, so you'll know right where to get started. And Marvin, thank you so much. I'm so glad you hunted me down. You are just a treasure. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was I'm fun. I'm going to take my top action step from today and give you a little challenge. So stay with me. 
All right. So this is where I give you my top takeaways and and throw down a challenge. And uh, you can imagine that I was kind of giddy as I was interviewing Marvin and he was saying all of this stuff about how, you know, we really have to dial this in and personalize it for the person because that is everything I'm about is, is really you being your own personal health detective and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. And he talked about a lot of great guidance with different tests, everything from gut microbiome tests to genetic tests. And it is exciting and food elimination and of course, food sensitivity tests. It's exciting how much more is coming out now and how much more we know. But you know, you go back to still the single most powerful thing is how you feel and really connecting to the dots between what you're eating or, you know, what's going on in your life and how you're feeling. So my big challenge to you, and you've heard me do this before, and I'm doing it again, is food journal. Now, why do I keep hammering, hammering on about food journals? Um, first of all, they are so powerful for helping you make shifts in your life. So you can never beat this, just the recording, what you measure and monitor, you can improve setting those specific goals. But the reason I really love food journals here is it allows you to look back and go, all right, I was eating this and I feel this way. So it's a really useful tool to help you connect the dots between what you're eating and how you feel. Super important. I also want to remind you to grab Dr. Marvin Singh's ebook, The Four Week Gut Reset, and you can get that at jjvirgin.com forward slash Dr. Marvin. Great show notes there as well. And subscribe if you haven't done it yet, because I don't want you to miss any of this goodness. And now that we're moving into season two, we've got interviews, we've got solo episodes, we've got Friday Q&A. So you do not want to miss out. So make sure you subscribe while you're over there. If you have not um, given a review yet, give a review. Let me know what you think. Let me know if there's something you want to hear about. Uh, Totally open. This show is our show right? And when I say our show, I mean yours and mine and everybody out there. So you can share as well. Takes a, takes a village to create and produce a podcast. I'm sitting over here in my studio, but uh, there's a whole lot more that goes into it. We want to make sure that when we're taking the time that we're doing what you are looking for and providing the best information out there that you can put into immediate practice in your life to uplevel your health. All right. Take care. I'll see you next time. That's all for this episode of the JJ Virgin Lifestyle Show, which marks another step towards a healthier body and mind. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And we'll talk to you next week.